Good morning. Today's Tasteful Tuesday first chapter is from the book called Red, White, and Whole by Rajani LaRocca. It is another book, novel, and verse. So I will read more than one section of it. Two. I have two lives, one that is Indian, one that is not. I have two best friends, one who is Indian, one who is not. At school, I swim in a river of white skin and blonde hair and brown hair and blue eyes and green eyes and hazel, school subjects and giggles about boys, salads and sandwiches. And on the weekend, I float in a sea of brown skin and black hair and dark eyes, MTV music vid videos, and giggles about boys, samosas, and sabids. In both places, I have gossip and laughter, music and silent friendship, but only in one place do I have my parents. Give and take. I am Rhea. Born in a pool of my mother's blood, proper, prim, obediently alive as she lies close to death. Because you are here, I must stay. Emma whispers to me, to the Lord of Death, she says, wait a while longer. To stay for me, she forfeits all for future children, not just on her behalf, but daddy's as well. Just as she receives something precious, so much is taken from her. She says she will never regret it. Girls just want to have fun. That's what the song says with a catchy melody that makes you sway back and forth. It's 1983. I'm 13. I just want to be like everyone else to fit in, to have fun. I want to free my hair from this ponytail, this braid, toss it over my shoulders to unfurl in curly glory. I want to chew gum, wear cheap earrings, tight jeans, short skirts, roller skate holding hands. I want to wear a drop waist dress to a dance. I want to have fun. We are different from Americans, whispers Amma's voice in my head. We work hard. We dress modestly. We focus on what is important to succeed. That is why we came to this country. And we don't waste our opportunity or change who we are. I listen to my mother, always. But I am American. I was born here. It's the only home I know. So I'm caught between the life I want to lead and the one she thinks I should. First memory. I am three years old, cradled in Amma's lap with Daddy close by. We sit on the balcony of our apartment, looking at the night sky. Daddy takes my hand, points my finger at a silver globe. Moon, he says. That's what Amma is named after. Moon, I repeat. Amma takes my hand, points to tiny sparkles strewn like bright pebbles in the darkness. Star, she says. That's what Rhea is named after. Star, I repeat. Which one? 
Amma holds my arms apart, all of them, Rhea, and I embrace the field of light. Our home. When my parents first came to America, they lived in New York, crammed into a tiny apartment that shared with another couple. When they talk about those days with no money and no space, struggling to find jobs and feel settled, they smile and laugh, speaking of feasts made by many hands, shared by the entire floor of the apartment building, cheap movie tickets, staying up late playing cards. And though we are comfortable now with a small house we own, plenty of food and many friends, settled and responsible, I wonder what it was like to know my parents then when they were young and at the start of their adventure. There aren't as many Indians here in the small Midwestern city we live, but there are enough, enough to make friends with all, regardless of language or religion. According to daddy, Indians are famous for disagreeing with each other. So being friends with everyone is a gift. The star. Rhea means star. What kind of star am I? A distant one that sparks coldly from afar? A red giant scorching all within its wake? Or like our sun, providing light and warmth and life? But my parents rarely call me by my name. Instead, they call me Canna, dear one, darling. Sunny. I don't remember when I first met Sunny. Her name is Sunita, but no one ever calls her that. Ama says Sunny's family moved to town when I was two years old. Her mother was already so tired, carrying a baby brother in her belly, and Sunny wouldn't stop running around. We are only a month apart. Rhea and Sunny, Sunny and Rhea, almost close enough to be twins. Alma would bring Sunny to our house and we would play all afternoon while Rupa Auntie napped. Sunny and I never argue, even though we're so different. Sunny wears the latest clothes, has a separate phone line in her room, dreams of becoming an actress. I don't think there's much chance of that, although she's very dramatic. I wish I could go to school with her and see her familiar face in the hallways, the two halves of my life whole for once. But Ama and Daddy want me at a, my private school. You are our only one, they say. What else would we spend our money on? So my weekdays are at school. My weekends are with Sunny. red and white. I am six years old, perched on Amma's bed, trying not to wrinkle my dark green langa. We are going to a party at Sunny's house, and Amma is draping a purple sari. Her hands flip the silk back and forth, back and forth, to make the pleats that will hang from her waist to her ankles. The silver border sparkles in the evening light, light against the darkness of the purple. Amma looks so lovely, brighter than the silver with her loose hair flowing down her back before she captures it into her braid. 
Do you wear a white sari at your wedding? I ask. All the photos are in black and white, so I can't tell. My wedding sari was red. Want to see? I nod, and she quickly tucks in the pleats, tosses the pala over her shoulder, kneels to her dresser bottom drawer, the one filled with the heaviest saris. She pulls out a cotton bundle and unwraps the most beautiful sari I've ever seen. A dark, rich red with scattered gold paisleys, a shining gold border, wide as my palm. I gasp with delight. Red is an auspicious color. Lucky for brides. Ama smooths her hand over the heavy silk. I touch, too, the fabric rich and warm. I trace around the gold zari work. What about white, I ask, thinking of wedding dresses on TV, in movies. Christian brides wear white saris, but we Hindus, we wear white when someone has died to mourn. I wore a white sari when my mother, your Patty, died, long before I was married and you were born. What about when Tom, when Tatha died? I wasn't there, said Amma. She folds the sari, wraps it in its white cotton cloth, and puts it away. Come, Kanna, let's braid your hair. I close my eyes, her finger gently pull on my uncurly, unruly curls.